Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me and co-host Sean Bajani from Sports Radio 610 is former Texan wide receiver David Anderson, a teammate of likely Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans. We're recording this Monday afternoon. It's changing as we speak, I'm sure, but it's great to catch up with you, David. Can you believe this really might happen? Well, when I knew D'Amico was coaching, I knew he was going to be a head coach someday. So, yes, uh, on the Texans at this time, I don't know if anyone saw this coming. Like, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of great guys that we had in that locker room that would be great uh, head coaches, but I put D'Amico Ryan to the top of that list, and, and I'm pretty excited to see uh, if, if they make him the offer and, and if he if, when he comes and um, just how quickly he can shift and change that culture would be pretty amazing. Before we talk a little bit about what you saw in D'Amico, just remind everybody, because in 2006, he's drafted in the second round. You're drafted in the seventh round. What do you remember about first meeting him? Was it in rookie minicamp where you guys first met? We met in first rookie minicamp. My first real D'Amico Ryan story um, was after practice on the second day of two-a-days. Coach Kubiak calls everybody up and says, hey, we brought in a guy that's really amazing. Um, you know, he, he's going to be a stud for us. Uh, we're really excited to have him here. And today's his birthday. Everybody give it up for Anthony Weaver. And everyone's like, what? It's Anthony Weaver. It's July 28th, Anthony Weaver's birthday. And then Tony Wiley whispers in Kubiak's ear and he goes, whoa, 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 wait, no, there's one other guy. It's his birthday. We drafted this guy. He's going to be a captain. He's going to be a world-class football player. Everybody give it up for D'Amico Ryans. And then D'Amico went crazy. It was also my birthday that day on July 28th. Anthony Weaver, D'Amico Ryans, Dave Anderson all shared a birthday. So we're always on the text thread. It was something that I cried about and they laughed about that I, I had never been dissed so hard by a head coach in my entire life. But uh, so from then on, D'Amico and I were attached. We got the same birthday. I think he's one year younger than I am. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 been, it's been amazing to follow his career playing and now coaching. Hey, that's that's a great story, D.A. Um, <laughs> I could I, I could draw that out for about 15 minutes because Kubiak did lay in like a lot of compliments that I was like my eyes were watering. I was so I felt so overwhelmed with joy and then just taken away from me twice. Yeah, that it was like womp womp. If there was yep. ever any one former Texan employee, though, that I would expect to be on top of everything, especially something like that, a player birthday, it would be Tony Wiley, though. He was so great. And I, you need to get with him because. I would, I, maybe I need to get with him because he should be messing with you guys still to this day, like on a, 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 a text message thread or something like that, a group text. With no, you had to, those PR guys. You got to keep it a distance, man. You never know too. They're, they're, they're crafty. They always get their wordsmiths and players aren't ready for that. You know, we're just, who's got the questions for our answers, what players are good at. Hey, uh, I, I want to ask you this because you mentioned it right off the bat. And obviously over the course of the last month, really, that we've been talking about the, the next Texans head coach and D'Amico's name's obviously been flying around uh, like crazy. You know, I read some stuff from years ago, you know, in regards to Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers now, and what his first impression of D'Amico Ryan's was. You said from right away in 2006, you kind of he had that head coach vibe to him, you know, just that leader. Kyle Shanahan said the same thing, and I'm kind of interested. Like, what was it for you, and what have you heard from people that you've also talked to, you know, former teammates, maybe current players that have D'Amico Ryan experiences? What is it about him and from him that just exudes that that leadership ability and that that head coach 
um, you know, title that you just see it in him. The two most important things I think he comes with right off the bat is trust and care. You 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 can trust Amico Ryan's with uh, everything and anything uh, with the with a secret an issue. Uh, uh, um, more importantly, sometimes success and an opportunity. You can trust to, to that he will be on your side and uh, listen to you. Uh, he also cares a great deal about the people that play the game of football and also obviously the game of football having kind of pretty much dedicated his life to playing and coaching it. So I think those those two go a lot further than people uh, ultimately understand when communicating with a player and how comfortable that makes them feel, for lack of a kind of better term, vulnerable in front of their coaches and and, uh, and on film and at practice and because you're gonna get you're gonna get chewed out. You're gonna get chewed out and spit up. You're gonna get cut. You're gonna get you know thrown in. You're gonna get huge opportunities. And you want to be able to trust and, and uh, the people around you, especially the head coach, when those things are happening. And when D'Amico came in in 2006, it was obvious that he had those two things: the trust and the care. But he's a great communicator. He uses his words uh, very efficiently. He's not like a, a, a huge rah-rah guy, but he can be. Um, he's not a, he, he doesn't over communicate like someone who's defensive about what he's talking about. He, he, he knows what he wants. He tells you, and he can rally people. And I think that is, uh, that is hard to do in the NFL when they are paid professionals is to rally people. Like you have to really connect with them, understand their issues and their wants. And you see it all the time in his guys. Like he knows when to press the gas. He knows when to back up. He knows when to be loud. He knows when to be quiet. He knows when to be um, intentional. He knows when to be a little more lighthearted. And I think you know, maybe that's just an unbelievable EQ as well as his football IQ is off the charts. But um, it was pretty clear, you know, he's a middle linebacker at heart. And those guys are leaders. They're put in leadership positions. And it's a and it's a sink or swim uh, position in the NFL. It's kind of like quarterback. If you can't lead a quarterback, you're, you'll be out on the sideline pretty soon. And if you can't lead at middle linebacker, you're on the sideline as well. And he found his way on the field first game rookie year. They always talk about these coaches that are defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators. Like, well, what about what are we going to do about the offense or what are we going to do about the defense? David, as a player, does a defensive guy know just as much about the offense because he is a defensive guy and he's got to study that? Is that overrated that, oh, he's a defensive guy? Now we got to go find the offensive guy. 100% overrated. Uh, what you're really looking for from a head coach is, well, he's got to hire a great coordinator. So you got you do have need people that can help communicate that message. So and I'm confident D'Amico will be able to hire good people. But you need someone that can control the, the culture of the team and the emphasis of the team. And, like, what kind of team are you going to have? And I don't necessarily mean culture. I think it's an overused phrase in a, lot of, in a lot of ways. But, like, you have to play a style of ball, right? And the, and, the, and the coach has to communicate that style of ball. And he has to coach that style of ball. And he has to find players to play that style of ball. And the players have to understand that that might not be their, per, their perfect ideal style of ball but together how they fit in and create this style of ball that is successful and will be successful according to how their coach communicates it. And you see the best teams, they do that. They play a style ball that really embodies how the coach communicates, not just in the locker room, but out when in press conferences and out on, uh, you know, in media tours and stuff like that. And to me, that's what really rallies the team and then the fan base when the fans know what they're going to see what type of football they're going to see what type of players they're going to see you know what type of games they're going to see they know how to cheer right that and, and they know how to be a part of that and that's a that's special when it happens you see it in kansas city right now you know what type of ball they're going to play right they're trying laterals 
twice in a game. They didn't actually lateral the ball, but they're a fun, high-flying style of team, and it's embodied in Andy Reid and the way he talks and communicates how much fun they're having there. And then there's the opposite, which is probably like the Patriots and how they communicate and what they do. And so that culture and that 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 everything that is created from that is what the head coach does, and that's their job, and D'Amico will do a great job of that. DA, I'm not sure how much you've been following, um, you know, from the West Coast. I know that's where you're at. You're talking to us right now from Vegas, where you're going to be working at the East-West Shrine game this weekend. I'm not sure how much you've been following Houston Texans football over the course of the last year, two or three, but I'm sure you do know that it's been a rough time here. And you said two words that really kind of sh- struck me, trust and care. And those two words are things specifically that have been lacking from the fan base in terms of trust and care in this organization. What do you think, as we've kind of seen this candidate situation play out over the course of the last month, and they've talked to all of the top candidates the Houston Texans have, and Ben Johnson's decided to stay in Detroit, and John Gannon's decided to stay in Philly, Sean Payton wants like a king's ransom for his services, all of these things. Who did you deem kind of the best fit and how difficult did you think it was going to be for the Texans to find their guy the right fit for them this year going forward I mean let's be honest if you're a head coach you want to go somewhere where they have a great quarterback right like head coaching is really easy when you have a great quarterback the Texans don't have a great quarterback situation right now I don't I don't know if Mills is the the answer for the in the future um they obviously had a awkward situation to say the least with Watson they might have had that guy but no longer so it's tough so it's a very tough situation to recruit a top a top head coach because they know like Sean Payton does my success is really based on my ability now for our GM to draft a good quarterback and for me to develop them as fast as possible because they're not going to give this guy this person three years and two losing you know two losing seasons they got to figure it out and I think that's something that the fan base needs to realize too, is that like, Hey, um, you might not call it, it doesn't need to be called a rebuilding year, but like we don't necessarily have something that makes the Texans unbelievably sexy from, uh, from, from a job perspective. And we need to, we need to get there. That's going to be tough in terms of how much I followed, uh, the Texans and the coaching situation and the organization situation pretty closely, I'd say as, as close as you can get from afar, um, I certainly listen to my share of sport radio out there. I still got some friends on there that talk uh, talk a good deal about the Texans. Uh, I'm on a I'm on a fantasy football thread with all the boys from the from the Texans days, and and we talk a good deal about the Texans and where they're at. Um, the truth is, it's an an amazing city in Houston. It's a city full of great opportunity. Uh, you have winners uh, surrounding that team in terms of the Astros. Uh, in terms of the Rockets, you got NASA. There is no reason why this place can't take it to the moon and be, and be just like everything else going on around that city. Uh, it, it just really is going to require uh, the right mix and the right uh, timing of some some things. So, you know, I'm confident they got some better people in there in the front office. I, I like the moves they've made. They've committed to like, hey, this isn't going to work. They had to get out of that Watson situation. They had to get themselves out from underneath some of these issues. And I, and I think they've done that. And now it's now it's like, okay, here we are. It's kind of a clean slate. You, we can hire a new coach. We got that quarterback situation dealt with. We got some of the front office issues, issues dealt with. Now what are we going to do? Who are we going to be? And it's kind of a put-up, shut-up uh, year for the Houston Texans. 
Have you guys kept in touch, you and D'Amico? So, like I mentioned, I text him on his birthday every year um, with him and Weaver. But I, I text him last year around the combine and stuff. Uh, we both got kids that are pretty young, and I use his friend. Oh, did we lose DA? Uh, we lost him. What would you think? I mean, uh, outside perspective, here's a guy that's on the West Coast and looking at this from afar, and he didn't really say anything that we haven't been thinking or talking about ourselves to this point. After listening to him, you're ready to have D'Amico Ryans as the new head coach of the Texans. I mean, it's just, it, it feels like this is where it's going. And I just love the idea that you bring back somebody that I think the fans are excited about. And the idea that this is somebody that's really led one of the best defenses in the NFL the last couple of years. I mean, you, you have to be excited about what what's going on with D'Amico and I'm interested to see how he fills out the staff, but it's one of the things that, and I asked him the question about the idea that this is a little bit overrated. If you're a defensive guy that you can't figure out offense or you don't know about it, it seems a little ridiculous. Bill Belichick, uh, he's pretty good at both sides and he was considered a defensive guy. I mean, I thought that was a really good question by you and a good point, but I mean, you know, one of the things that, that has to, you know, occur, in the mind, in the process of a great defensive coach is the full understanding of what happens and what is going on on the offensive side of the football. I, I think that is just as much a part of a defensive coordinator's success is his ability to identify um, and understand everything that's going on on the offense. Now, I mean, could he very well call plays and things like that? I mean, it's it's a little bit of different, uh, you know, process. And that's a lot to take on when you're talking about a coordinator and, you know, probably specializing in helping working with the linebackers, head coaching duties, thinking strategy, and then also worrying about the offense and stuff and that side of the game. But I, I think, you know, the ability to process, see, identify, adjust, and make play calls accordingly – is why D'Amico's been so successful as a linebacker coach who, you know, I referenced Kyle Shanahan in his comments, um, you know, in his assessment uh, of, of D'Amico as maybe being a future head coach. Well, he's had no problem taking leadership ability, realigning players defensively on a practice field, being very vocal on game days before he even assumed a defensive coordinator role. So I, I think as we kind of look, Robert, in the NFL, in these trends of former players, whether they were, you know, perennial pro bowlers or not, if they're Mike Kafka types, and it remains to be seen what kind of success he has in a larger role in the NFL if he gets that shot at a head coach. But I, I think just the ability to to dissect, identify, and um, be able to see the game and talk the game differently because it is so fresh to you. Um it's a trend that's very interesting to me with some of these young guys. And D'Amico, only 38, he's been in an NFL, uh, you know, coaching capacity for what, since 2017, something like that. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, I just want to remind anybody out there, let's hear what you have to say. If you think it's not a good idea, it seems like every Texan fan loves the idea. But if for some reason you don't like the idea of D'Amico right now, it feels like the other guys have dropped out as you and I are speaking, Sean. It, it feels like it's a fate complete here unless something weird happens. And there is a connection with D'Amico's wife, from what I understand, and this in the city of Houston and, and her wanting to be here. 
which I think plays a major role in that. But, you know, this feels like it's going to happen. And, you know, at that point, you get a quarterback and maybe there's a little bit of buzz starts to happen again for the Texans. At least there's hope, which is something that I feel like it's been missing out. I mean, Lovey Smith, really nice guy, you know, had a really good run with the Chicago Bears, but he was an older coach that I felt like a lot of the league had given up on. And I think Texans fans, it just felt like there wasn't hope with, you know, him, obviously no hope with David Cully. So that and the draft picks coming in and the guys that you've already got, you you might start building momentum a little bit. 100%. 100%. Um, I, I think the Texans, from a momentum standpoint, once this thing gets going too, man, I mean, it's full steam ahead. So I think that's what people should really be excited about. Um, you know, D'Amico's coming in for more than just one reason, for more than just him being a really good coordinator, really good at his current job, and really good at what he was doing as a linebacker coach. It's much more than that. He's coming in if he comes in and it sounds like he will, it's because he's got a staff in mind. Look, for instance, look what's going on already in Carolina. Frank Wright getting that job as their new head coach, and then there's a headline, you know, making its rounds today that he and ownership are already disagreeing in terms of who their defensive coordinators are. So there's apparently not a template to really follow. And Quite frankly, I think there should be. And I think there is, but it doesn't appear that maybe the Carolina Panthers have followed that per se. And the point that I was going to make is, is D'Amico or whoever, and it's going to be D'Amico, comes in because he's got a good staff in place and it's very attractive to the Houston Texans. And that's something that maybe we haven't talked about enough of yet, Robert, is that not only you're getting one of the brighter and younger minds defensively to come in and be the head coach of this football team now. But you're going to be getting some really smart, sharp, innovative, young, hungry coaches to coach linebackers, D-line, O-line, coordinate the offense. I mean, from top to bottom, I think you might not know the names yet. There may not be household names yet, but you have to believe if you have not believed in any one of these previous regimes in the last three years and go ahead and go all the way back to Bill O'Brien, because how crazy were we over their offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, for a couple of years, you have to believe that D'Amico Ryan's and through the Shanahan tree and just the people, the bright minds that he's worked with over the course of the last three, four, five years. It, it, it's a very exciting, interesting, intriguing uh, thing to think about that those are going to be Houston Texan coaches in the very near future, potentially. And one of the things that I was going to ask David Anderson about before we lost him was that 2008 Texans coaching staff, Sean, the offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan. Offensive quality control coach was Matt LaFleur. The defensive quality control coach was Robert Saleh. The offensive assistant was Mike McDaniel. And Rick Smith and Gary Kubiak I remember it very well. I know you remember it very well. It took a lot of heat over a few years about what they did and didn't know and what they were and weren't doing. And it turns out they knew a little bit about guys to hire and and guys with potential and future minds. And just flat out, give a round of applause to Gary Kubiak because that guy knew a little something. And he surrounded himself with good good, uh, minds. And those guys have proven out. And Gary Kubiak, you know, for whatever you thought of Gary Kubiak, he's just Joe plain Gary Kubiak, and he's not Mr. Excitement and everything like that. But 
it, it's proven out. Gary Kubiak has since won a Super Bowl. Many of the people on his staff a few years ago when he won the Super Bowl were here with the Texans. And he kind of knows some th- things, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, you don't want to say like quite a few of those guys. Uh, I mean, I know they're sprinkled throughout the league, but it sounded like um, a number of those guys you know, really ended up in San Francisco. And if they're not there any longer, then, well, their names are Robert Sala and their head coaches with the New York Jets or, you know, their offensive line coach or the defensive line coach. Like, I think a lot of those guys, you know, are still coaching in very successful uh, and prominent teams in the league today. So, I mean, that that speaks a lot. That's, that should speak loud and clear. I mean, what's What's one of the first things that we typically go to when we're talking about a coaching candidate and particularly one that we might not be all that familiar with? We're going to look at the coaching tree and see where they, those guys had come from and who they'd worked with and maybe some schemes that they've stolen because everything is copycat. It's putting your own little tiny spin on it uh, if you possibly can. Um, Gary Kubiak has a lot of those guys in the league, Shanahan. Shanahan tree. There's a lot of those guys in the league. And the fact that D'Amico Ryan, somebody that's familiar with the Texans, that was very successful here as part of a very good defense here for his six years in Houston, um, that he could be bringing some of those guys back that think uh, along the same ways as he does, but also that are going to maybe challenge him. And I think that's one of the key things here. It's going to be interesting to see who does round out his staff, Robert. If there is somebody or somebodies that maybe have had coordinator or head coaching experience that might be coming over with him, I'd keep an eye out on that. Sean, I've got a little surprise bit of video for you and our viewers and listeners. If you're listening on audio, you probably should check this out, what I'm about to show everybody, because I found this on a VHS tape that I had buried and stuff a couple of years ago. And it's pretty incredible stuff because one of the guys with the San Francisco 40s right, 49ers right now is Clay Kubiak. Clay Kubiak two years ago was the head coach of my straight Jesuit Crusaders, my fighting straight Jesuit Crusaders here in Houston. He is now a quality control guy, an assistant over with the San Francisco 49ers. Your colleague, at Sports Radio 610, John Lopez for many years. John Lopez has said Clay Kubiak is a very good possibility if D'Amico gets hired as a future quarterback coach. I don't know, maybe more than that, but at least a potential quarterback coach. And this is what I found in my archives on a VHS tape from 1988. I have no idea why this is on the tape that I still had, but this is from 1988 around October. Now, before I show you the Denver-Atlanta highlights, I want to share with you a touching behind-the-scenes story. This past Monday, Rhonda Kubiak, the wife of Denver backup quarterback Gary Kubiak, gave birth to the couple's second son, Clay, here in Houston. Well, little Clay has had some complications since birth, and although now his condition is said to be improving, Gary stayed home in Houston until the very end of the week to be with Rhonda and Clay at the hospital. And as he left for Denver on Friday, he told Rhonda, you know, knowing my luck, Elway will get hurt Sunday. I'll have to go into the game without knowing the game plan. But Gary added, if I do go in, this one's for little Clay, our miracle baby. Here's what happened in the game. Sure enough, Denver quarterback John Elway goes down with the strained knee and ankle in the third quarter. What did Kubiak do when called upon? Well, 
Watch and see. He comes in and goes long. 68 yards and a touchdown to Steve Sewell as Denver wins it 30 to 14 over the Falcons. And Gary dedicates the win to his miracle baby play back home here in Houston. He was in a battle Monday and Tuesday for his life, and it was rough on me and my wife, but he pulled through, and then I made it back to town Thursday evening and got in a day and a half of practice. And You missed all of Wednesday's practice. Yeah, I missed offensive day, and uh, and John goes down. and You know, I'm not happy. I, I don't feel like I played well, but, you know, we made a play and got the game, and, and John can't play, and I can work out all week and, and get sharp. I know I can play a lot better football. There you go, Sean. How is how that first story? That's, that's phenomenal, man. I mean, I'm blown away just looking at Gary, you know, from my God, 30 years ago plus whatever that was. Um, I mean, the guy doesn't change. He doesn't, he sounds the same, almost looks the same, you know, maybe he's put on a few more pounds, but I mean, man, what an incredible story that was. Um, and what a just that's kind of like the exclamation point, you know, and what a life that guy's led, man. Uh, it's just incredible. And to have maybe that miracle baby, that son, you know, be a part of the Houston Texans in the future is uh, is something really exciting to think about. Yeah, if that happens full circle, just amazing. And if you didn't see or hear the interview with Clay Kubiak, go find it in the YouTube archives that we have, because I asked Clay a couple different things about, you know, what it was like to be uh, around his dad and and in Houston. Uh, during some of the time that Gary was the coach here. And I asked him about the heart attack on the field. And just there's a few minute clip on YouTube with my interview with Clay. And we, it was a longer interview, but the the, the stuff that you guys are going to be interested in, the Texans stuff uh, is, is on YouTube. So go look for that. But um, yeah, I'm really interested to see what he does with his staff. Uh, Clint Kubiak, last I checked, and this is always changing. Like I said, we're talking Monday afternoon, but Clint, is still an offensive coach with the Denver Broncos as we speak. And he was their offensive coach this last year. So we'll see if he stays there. But that's Clay's brother, Gary's other, another one of Gary's sons. You know, uh, Clay was a quarterback in college. Uh, he did a fantastic job, a remarkable job with the Strake Jesuit Crusaders. You know, he was taking them to winning seasons and playoffs in his, you know, through three seasons there when I talked to him a couple of years ago. It was right after the pen or right as the pandemic was starting. So how he was dealing with that. So he's had to deal with some, you know, some real circumstances just as a high school coach, you know, trying to deal with the, a, a pandemic for a high school team was, was no easy thing, but uh, just looking forward to see what D'Amico does with this staff and, and how he puts it together. If he indeed is hired as coach and as, as we're speaking right now, that is likely the scenario. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of fascinating to think about. Um, this is all a game to us, right? He's less than 24 hours removed from, you know, coaching his butt off, you know, and what a job that he did. I mean, keeping his team in the game against Philadelphia after literally, and they'd said it numerous times during the broadcast, like what can go wrong has go wrong. It has went has gone wrong and 
you know, what's going to happen next. I mean, it's just tremendous, like how they found a way to stay in that game for as long as they did after losing, you know, Fred Warner on the second play. And I know he ended up camp coming back and then Brock Purdy, you know, down. And I mean, it's just it was one thing after another weird, one of the weirder games. We thought it was bad when TJ Yates was quarterbacking in the playoffs. They're not just down to their fourth string quarterback. They go from their fourth string quarterback having a concussion to their third string quarterback not able to throw the ball at all pretty much in the game and you're trying to win a playoff game and D'Amico's out there like we got to score some points somehow my defense has got to score some points against one of the best offenses in the NFL and yeah. you know our own Jalen Hurts the local kid and every what a scenario for the San Francisco 49ers and Frankly, they, they would have won more Super Bowl. They might have won a couple more Super Bowls in the last couple of years if it wasn't for the injuries to their quarterbacks and, and yeah. other issues. They, they've gone through so much. And, and they that whole staff, you got to give credit to everybody in that organization from, you know, Kyle Shanahan, the, the ex-Texans uh, coach, to, to D'Amico. 100%. Yeah, and just thinking about all of that stuff, you know, everything that transpired in that NFC Championship game is that, you know, it's compartmentalized if you're D'Amico because prior to that game, you know, he'd set aside time to spend with the Houston Texans, um, talk about the job, see what fits, what works, what doesn't work, what they're thinking, how they project the future to look with this organization and, um, you know, what, what he can do to kind of take this team, this organization to the next level. And then here he goes and he coaches his butt off in that game. And then now less than 24 hours later, he might very well be, you know, on a plane or sitting in Cal McNair's office right now as we speak, talking about um, some of the finer details of a contract or something like that. It's just kind of crazy to think about. And um, I, I, I hope, you know, that the Texans, the two sides, D'Amico and, and, and the Texans can can put something, you know, solid and get a great foundation put in place. Because I guess one of my biggest fears, and it's it, it shouldn't be understated or forgotten, maybe rather, is a better way to put it, but there are a lot of things, you know, sins of the past that, you know, maybe could be easily forgiven with a hire like this and what he's able to bring with the staff, but it should not be discounted. It should not be forgotten. It cannot be overlooked that, you know, the lone common denominator, there's really two of them, and one of them you can't really do anything about until they decide to make that decision as a family themselves. But the McNairs remain a common denominator, and Nick Casario remains a common denominator in terms of everything that has gone wrong over the course of the last three years with this organization. And you just hope that, as Nick said in that press conference a few weeks ago, that he's utilizing the resources now that he knew he'd had at his disposal but just did not um, utilize upon his uh, you know taking the Texans job as general manager and maybe eliminating a Jack Easterby and just putting their heads together and getting back to some of the fundamental things that a front office needs to function like needs to think like needs to do um, you know kind of takes over going forward. All right, we're going to do a show on Thursday unless this Texans thing breaks in the next couple of days, and we'll we'll come at you uh, with breaking news if it happens. Uh, l- look at like what's going on in the next couple of days, potentially. We've also got uh, Frank talking Rockets uh, in the next, I would say, day and a half. So by Wednesday morning, for sure, I'm going to have a show with Frank talking the latest Rockets situation. But 
at the latest, we're going to talk to you again Thursday before the, the end of the week, uh, me and Sean. And um, thanks so much to David Anderson for letting us have a few minutes with him. That was fantastic. And just, it makes me excited. And, and uh, again, thanks a lot, David, for, for uh, joining us. And, and we'll talk to you again in the next couple of days. Hey, Robert, if I can, before we get out of here, um, I wanted to share something with some people, with, with our listeners, you know, that David didn't get a chance to, you know, he's doing some really cool things with a company that he uh, actually co-founded. They're called Breakaway Data. And it's for athletes of any shape, size, and any sport. And, you know, David's a, an incredibly smart, smart guy, and he's been looking at ways to improve athletic performance for years. And this is a company that he's co-founded and working with to actually analyze, help uh, athletes, young uh, or older, um, to best enhance and optimize their performance on a field, on a court, whatever the case may be. So I wanted to, you know, just tell people, like, if they're interested, I know a lot of people that listen to us, that watch us, you know, they do have younger kids themselves. Check out breakawaydata.com uh, and look up David Anderson, see what he's all about. He's there. He's a resource for you. If you need help, if you want to learn more about his company and how they can maybe help your son or daughter become the very best athlete they can possibly be, check his out. It's Breakaway Data. Great to get that in. Good plug for David. And we have two words to end this. D'Amico Ryans. Let's go. <laughs> You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.